Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. Merry Christmas-ish. We're, uh, we're a little, uh, you know, we're, it's December, it counts. Christmas starts in October these days. So, Merry Christmas to you. Welcome to our Christmas episode, where we're going to do one that I've been uh, waiting to do for a long time. We're going to be doing Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas, versus USA for Africa's We Are the World. I want to ask you a question very quickly before we begin. Um, This is a question that I used to ask all the time and then stopped, and now we're starting it back again for for different reasons each time. Mm -hmm. I feel to represent the the patrons, the commenters, and even the people suffering in silence, (laughs) I ask, why are we doing two Lionel Richie songs in a row, and why these two songs? Why? It was a complete coincidence. I had... The Lionel Richie one, I, you know, and we we're doing Celebration. I was listening to Celebration, and I was like, that'll be my next episode. And I was like, oh, it's our Christmas episode. I know, we're going to do our Christmas episode. And so, by complete coincidence, the Lionel Richie versus Cool in the Gang episode is being followed by a Lionel Richie versus Cool in the Gang episode. Because Cool in the Gang is also on Do They Know It's Christmas, believe it or not, in the background oh. somewhere. Yes. Wow. That's amazing to me. Like, because... That is such a pasty white British song. What the hell are they doing there? A fine question. Uh, yeah, I don't. Boy, I'm. I don't want to say I'm angry at you that you you picked these two <laughs> songs. I'm just saying that there are so many Christmas songs that even I like. Mm-hmm. We could have done, but for some reason, I feel like this is a punishment from you. <laughs> You're punishing the world. Punish the world. That's you. Um, but, you know, look, fine. Let's send our love down the fucking well. <laughs> <sighs> you sound like you are not a fan of either of these songs. Let, 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 me, let me say this. There rest upon my shoulders an angel and a devil. <laughs> and the angel is we are the world. And the devil is do they know it's Christmas. So is that... You saying that you personally prefer We Are the World. That is your take on this. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I Look, here's the thing. We'll, we'll talk, I guess, a little bit about the, the musicianship, uh, the, mm-hmm. the saying, et cetera, lyrics, yada, yada, about these songs. But to me, as is so often the case, but I think maybe exceptionally with these two, it really kind of boils down to the story of how these things happened. And the stories that come out of it, not just who was there, but who wasn't there. Yes. In each each example, because there's some really good stories. That's the thing, is the stories are way more interesting than the songs. And also the fact that these songs have come back um, to uh, little little reward. (laughs) Well, in in the UK, they keep bringing it back, and it keeps uh, doing gangbusters, I feel like. We Are the World, not so much. That one was, they brought it back in 2010 for Haiti. Yes, and it uh, and it was not a success. Not looked looked back fondly upon. Let's say no, it was not. Lionel Richie was saying that he thought that they should do another We Are the World right now because it's been thirty five years. It was like twenty twenty is the year. Well, we've got less than we got like three weeks. I don't um, think it's going to happen. No, I feel like part of the reason We Are the World is was such a big hit is because they had all those people in the same room. And Zoom is just not the same thing. It is just not. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, well, there's a lot to say about why I'm not sure. I mean, so, I mean, boy, I'm really having trouble talking. Anyway, listen, they, you had pointed out that they've been doing, yeah, the, the, do they know it's Christmas many times. They did, they just did one. Someone just did one. A YouTube guy did one, but there were a bunch of people that, a bunch of faces I recognized in the YouTube one I watched, like a whole bunch of people. I was like, I know that that one and that one and that one. Yeah, in the sense that everyone is doing, like, everyone's organizing things. But it's not like an official one. It's not Band-Aid 35 or whatever one it would be. Right, but I, but it, it happened and it got enough traffic that it had come across my desk. Yeah, Baby Spice is in it and Rick Astley. And that was that was when I thought it was a, like an SNL sketch. <laughs> like like We Are the World 3 was. Um, I was like, oh, okay. It's not, not, it, that's a comedy guy you sent me, that link. So it's kind, it's not entirely serious but it's not entirely sincere you know uh a joke either it's a straight cover but there's like some comedy skits at the beginning of it uh keith lemon weird keith i I feel like if you are in the uk you might know who that is i don't have a clue i didn't have a clue about many of the people he got in there i'm not entirely clear who pixie lot is i know she's a singer of some kind but Uh, look man can we just let's just let's just let's make our statements known okay which way do you lean? Oh, there's not even a, a contest. Do they know it's Christmas? Oh, okay. So we are in agreement. But let me, here's what I want to say. We are in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast's over. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think the thing is, by all accounts, We Are the World should win. It really should. On what On what grounds? Uh, on the grounds of the the story of how it got made, the people involved, you know, I didn't, I had no, so I didn't know about uh, everybody that I guess was part of the whole Band Aid thing. But mm-hmm. you know, when I was looking at the two of these songs, what I thought was, do they know it's Christmas? Time is short, <laughs> but we are the world has black people in it. Yeah, and that was that was. I mean, like I don't. You know, take that for what it is. I know that's not, maybe not the nicest thing to say, but like it is the first thing that I thought. And then, you know, if you look into We Are the World, that was the whole thing was Har- Harry Belafonte, who was only in the chorus of it, but whose idea it was that sort of spawned We Are the World, mm-hmm. got, got in touch with like an agent or whatever and was like, I had this idea. And they were like, well, they just did this Band-Aid thing. We could do we could do that. But Harry Belafonte was like, get all African-American people together to help Africa. Like, let's just get a bunch of, like, that was like the, that was kind of the opening salvo of it. Mm -hmm. So if you look, it's kind of, you know, you could tell that it's a little more black focused, which is nice. It's just that in the end, the song sucks. (laughs) The song is terrible. Like, it's a bad song. You know, it's funny. And uh, and it goes on for seven and a half goddamn minutes. It's a seven and a half minute song and you feel every second of it. But you you are right that as a substantial African-American presence, you know, Quincy Jones, the producer, written by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson. Was Michael Jackson involved? Yes, he was. That, yeah. he, he also wrote it. Apparently, there's some really weird stories involving a snake. And uh, Harry Balifonte's idea. This is not exactly James Brown, though. This is not exactly a, a funky black experience. This is. Uh, no, but I mean, this was there was an era of music where stuff like this was, you know, I mean, like and Michael Jackson would go on to do like Heal the World and shit like that. Like yeah. there, this was a bit of an era for these sappy, treacly, sad sack optimism songs. I, I don't know how you can be so sad and so optimistic at once. 
Um, but it's terrible. I mean, like that, like just to get it out of the way, We Are the World is not a good song. Even the stuff that people count as being the best parts of the song are bad. Like people go like, oh man, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, great. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen made the Bruce Springsteen sound. <laughs> Oh, good that. job! The Cindy Lauper was there. She ay 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 when she when she was. Yep, she she sure did it. You know, you got you got uh, Bob Dylan. <laughs> did it, you know? What I mean, like everybody came in and did their sounds. It was it's like when we talked about UHF and like more funny voices means more funny <laughs> yeah. movie. Like this is like more more iconic sing song sounds equals more iconic successful charity song. That's that's it. On Stereo Gum, they have a recurring segment called the Number Ones. They're just reviewing every number one single that ever existed. They got to this one. He was like, "Bob Dylan has never had a number one single. Most important rock star of uh, you know in America never had a number one single. Springsteen never had a number one single either. Biggest pop star of the '80s, nothing. But they're both on here. They make no sense here because Dylan sounds like a dying frog, and Springsteen sounds like a man shitting out a pine cone." But here they are. We Are the World is a mess. It is just a mess. I There's a lot of, so there's so many layers to it, and we should we can talk about the history of it. So, like, look, okay, the nice part. Harry Belafonte had this nice sentimental idea. Quincy Jones is there. A lot of artists of the time that you love are there. They raise a shit ton of money. All that stuff is nice, you know? That stuff's swell. But, like, so Quincy Jones basically had one great idea, and then I don't know if it was him or somebody else who was also producing on the track had a terrible idea. And the great idea was they'd have a sign that said, check your ego at the door. And that <laughs> they, Good luck with they, that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, at least, like, they made an, an attempt. Mm-hmm. And, and Quincy Jones was like, I don't want there to be any wiggle room for complaints or deviation or questions. So he had knocked down exactly who was going to sing what before they got there. And he had basically put like little like name tags down where everyone was going to stand. And that was mm-hmm. it. Like, this is your part. This is where you stand. Just do the thing. The problem was that they decided that they were also going to like have all the mics next to each other. And so like really they were like recording all these tracks kind of at once. Mm-hmm. And so they ran the risk of it being a real nightmare sonically and it's, it could be worse, but you know, one of the stories that came out of it and I suppose we'll come back to it later um, is that Cindy Lauper wouldn't take her goddamn bracelets off. <laughs> so like all the jangling of her 10 billion bracelets, you know, yeah. just wear the jelly ones, Cindy. <laughs> Quincy Jones did not have much nice to say about Cindy Lauper about her part in that uh, recording, even though she is quite honestly the best performer on there. Cindy Lauper has has committed the cardinal sin repeatedly of being a dick in front of the 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 deck crew or the lighting people or the sound yeah. people. She's done it too many times and you know if you live in New York maybe this will become a thing that people can take a drink about either when I when I pretend that I know more than I do about things but mm-hmm. um you know I was a person that used to film stuff for television for a time and the thing is that when you do that if even if you're talent, they'll uh, they'll tell you the stories, the sound op guys, the lighting people. Yeah. They'll tell you who the worst person is they ever worked with. They'll tell you the great and they'll tell you the shit. 
And Cindy Lauper has come up a couple times in my experience. <laughs> she is apparently a little difficult. This doesn't really shatter my uh, image of Cindy Lauper. I know. And yet, yeah. you know what's really... Actually, boy, this is... Well, we're going to be a little all over the place. It's fine. Uh, there's Cindy, so much. Cindy there's Lopper's, like 30 people involved in like both songs. So, But isn't it wild that Cindy Lauper was there on the track, but one of the two people that they didn't get was Madonna? Because Madonna was too big at the time, or like had just gotten super, super big. Yeah, had like really like blown the whole way up, and there was some discussion as to whether or not it would be good for her career to wow. do this thing. I mean, that's... you get a different story depending on who you ask about why Madonna wasn't there. For me, that's like the big huh looking at this because you know Madonna in 1985 was the biggest thing in the world, so it was like that's like the biggest biggest uh, silhouette missing here like if you see me madonna it's, like, i mean it's, it's her and 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 the other one who was supposed to show up mm-hmm. and then didn't which is prince prince has funny stories about it like he hear about it and it's like they really really wanted prince and they told him about it and like this sounds like it'll be bad and this sounds like i'll be bad on it and he would have been bad on it his voice does not work in that context whatsoever i can't imagine it being good and he was like yeah and then he just blew it off can we just be honest? I mean, also, it was, it was ego. Yeah, you know, that ego that, that people would, ha- would have to, yeah. He was not going to, yeah, he was not going to share the fucking spotlight, but it was not really Prince's M.O. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the idea that you'd have to have a science is leave your ego at the door. Because there, there, and there was a lot of it, you know. I think that's funny, you know, sitting down and looking side by side at the, the, the complaints that came out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that by far and away we are the world has got the best ones because Cindy Lauper had like said something like really mean about the song mm-hmm. within earshot of uh of I think it was Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. She said it sounded like a Pepsi commercial. She wasn't wrong. And uh it and had Ray Billy Charles Joel, on it. Billy even. Joel basically was like, I couldn't say I disagreed, you know. <laughs> and uh and I was like, man, boy, Cola when Wars, Billy... I can't take it anymore. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> You should have been in on that, man. Yeah, Billy Joel. Why were you upset? That's a, this is your this is your moment. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, like there's all that stuff, and then also just this notion that the the quote rockers. This is a real. This is this is one you've talked about this. I feel like in videos before about the the way that things have changed over time and how it used to be that like you were one thing or to other. Yeah, and you're not really supposed to all hang out together. But now we don't really like all the genres kind of bleed into one monster genre. Yeah, I of think music. That, yeah, that's part of the big novelty of We Are the World. Like you never see these people together normally. Right, and all the rockers basically on the night were like, we changed our mind. Somebody came as a rep for the rockers, and we're like, this is going to be bad for their rep. Yeah, they well, don't want to do because there was like a metal version. Once We Are the World take off, there was like a metal. Uh, it was called Hearanade. I forget. I, yep, what a name! <laughs> Yikes! No, it, it, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take I'll take names I wouldn't have said out loud in 2020. Yeah, that's... Um, I like that that happened because that is such an artifact of the time. Like I'm not mad at it. That's mm-hmm. not surprising. Of course, there was like, going to be something like, like if that. It, if instead of uh, Springsteen, we have like David Lee Roth up there, or like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Amazing. Would be wonderful. But yeah, no, but Bruce Springsteen was the one who cracked the case because all those people said apparently that they didn't really want to do it. And then Bruce Springsteen, who had agreed to do this, like he literally just wrapped his tour 
He just dropped Born in the USA, the world tour. He got in a plane, flew to the West Coast, because I think he came back to Jersey first or New York or wherever he was living at the time, and then um, showed up to do it. And his thing was, I have come to this place to sing a song to make it so the starving people can eat. Yeah. So can we just fucking do this, please, you <laughs> bunch of craven assholes? I'm sure he said it in a very nice and lovely Bruce Springsteen way. No, but he's it, also from Jersey, and and as take a drink, a person from New Jersey, I can't help but feel that some of the the, the Jersey rage that exists in all no, no, no. people who were born there probably the boss came out for a reason. Like he, like I've read some biographies of him, and he's like he is quite serious about his his job. Like, so when he tells you to do something, you fucking do it. Anyway, so he kind of, he resolved that. But there's so many weird stories. Everything about that song is is pretty buck wild. Like, Prince didn't show up last minute, so Huey Lewis got it. Huey Lewis got they the gave, Prince they spot. Gave that, they get the, yeah, they gave the Prince spot to Huey Lewis. Prince would sound awful at, on that spot, on the, the spot that Huey Lewis comes in. Yeah, Huey Lewis was great for it, though. Yeah. The stories are so much better than the actual song. I'll tell you what, going through these comments, I feel like, do they know it's Christmas? The hate for that is much more intense than anyone has ever hated We Are the World. Well, yeah, I mean, we're also living in a, in a real era of that, right? Like, yeah. it's definitely the time to um, say, fuck you, colonizer. <laughs> right. And this is this is this is do they know we colonized at all? You know, like this is it's kind of that song. So I'm not surprised that in 2020 in the year Lord of our 2020. Uh, take a yeah, drink, there is um, that this would be a hated song. I'm not shocked by that. It's extremely uh, problematic. This this song. I, I do feel like people are doing a kind of a lot. Like, I want to. Yeah. But I want to say something here. Um when I said that there is a devil on my shoulder and that the devil is do they know it's Christmas, it's this matter of, um, you know when someone doesn't mean to be that honest, but they say the quiet part out loud? Yeah. So Bono does a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we, we, may, we might as well get into it. The line. Let's do it. Let's talk later. Let's talk the about do they know it's Christmas for line. Yeah. So tonight... Thank God it's them instead of you. Instead of you. So here's the thing. The reason why that makes me like this song instead of dislike it is because it's so honest that it's shocking. Like, wow, somebody told the truth. We're going to raise some money, but just for the record, <laughs> I'm really happy that you're starving, not me. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> You know, that's funny eating because... Eating a sandwich, I, eating a sandwich, you want a piece of my sandwich? I don't know. It's terrible. It's just weird. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but... That's funny because you take it as uh, seriously and serious and honest, and that's what makes you like it because it's so awful. A lot of people took it as serious and honest, and that's why they hate it, which I don't think that needs to be ex explained. But it, to me, it's very obviously not serious or honest. It's sarcastic. Oh, really? It's it sarcastic. Is? It's like... Yeah, I bet that's what you think, you piece of shit. That's exactly what you were thinking. Well, thank God it's them instead of you. Now, I just called you out for because that's exactly what you think. Don't you feel bad? Why don't you actually donate some money, you, like, selfish ass? To me, that's exact, obviously what it means. And Bono has said, you know, it's, it's supposed to, like, throw it in your face. Like, that's what you were thinking. 
Not that Bono wrote it. It's I, I, when did he say that? In a biography, he made um, or an interview sometime in the '90s. But for what it's worth, he's always said, like, I was not really comfortable with that line, and I don't think I have to explain why. Which you wouldn't guess from the way he sings it. He really goes all in. Yeah, but he, what about those? What about those clanging chimes of doom? <laughs> How well, about those, huh? I I remember hearing a conversation he had. He said, and I I may be making this up. This is just apocryphal, but it was like, uh, Bob, um, are you, are you sure about this line? And Bob Geldof, who wrote the song, is like, yeah, no, 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 I'm dead certain about this line. It is brilliant. Think about it. I did think about it, Bob. So I'm asking. <laughs> think about it. No, like for what it's worth, I think if you get that it's sarcastic, you can still hate it a lot because it's extremely judgy and patronizing, much like the entire song is judgy and patronizing. And you can hate it for that reason. But I, I feel like most people, a lot of people surprisingly don't get what it's trying to do. I don't know. But let me say this. Um, I kind of like the song now, especially because I'd found that that YouTube one where where they sang it this year, and I thought at long last Britain gets to sing this song to the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> like just singing direct to the mirror. <laughs> it's Christmas time. Do we There's know no it's need to be afraid? Do we know it's Christmas? Okay, yeah. so the the backstory of do they know it's Christmas? We we've gone all the all in on we are the world, but. Do They Know It's Christmas was the progenitor of a, of this, of We Are the World, and of every terrible charity single that's ever come since. But it's Bob Geldof of the Boomtown Rats, of I Don't Like Monday's fame, who is just an insufferable human being. Just like, if you don't like Bono, at least Bono is like, cares very deeply, and Bob Geldof is like the angrier Bono. He's just very mean-spirited and judgy. He's like, yes, you need to give, you fucking asshole. And they wrote it together with, um, what's his name, Midge Ur from Ultravox. That's a UK band that you probably haven't heard of if you're in this country. And they cared very deeply about the Ethiopian famine, and they wanted to do something, so they gathered all these people together. And these are all the big UK pop stars. Uh, I got Duran Duran in there. They got... um, Phil Collins on drums, uh, Sting and Bono, Bananarama. I, I'm trying to remember who else. Boy George, obviously. And yep. I think one of the big differences between uh, We Are the World and Do They Know It's Christmas is all these pasty white Brits all kind of sound the same. They all kind of blend together. It's almost hard to tell Boy George from Sting, which is like a crazy thing to say, but like on this track, they all just kind of seem like the same person. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I think that uh, my my favorite part of this song, just like we were talking about, there were people that weren't on uh, We Are The World as a track. There were also people that were not on this track. And oh. this is this, this is another thing that really goes in the, um, do they know it's Christmas is the winner of these two? It's because... Um, Morrissey <laughs> of the Smiths and of Morrissey fame. Um, of the Smiths to the fame pro- at the time. Yeah, but at, at, the, yeah, at the time of the Smiths. But he called the project diabolical and said it was the most self-righteous platform ever in the history 
of popular music. And my response to that is, so they didn't invite you. Got it. <laughs> I think they did invite him, actually. But it I'm is shocked absolutely by that. Like- I, fi- I find that hard to believe because that really stinks of like. He didn't get the invite, or maybe it's just that he wanted more. He was like, "I'm no, no, no." Morrissey, I yada, absolutely yada. believe that Morrissey, if invite, if he was in fact invited, would not have joined in because he. This sounds like exactly the kind of thing he would have hated, for like a lot of the reasons people do hate it, but also a lot of really awful Morrissey type reasons. Yeah, he just sucks. Anyway, <laughs> any anything that doesn't have Morrissey in it. So they both have that going for them, but like Morrissey talks shit about, do they know it's Christmas, and that makes me like it more. You know, it's, it's funny. It's a that, real arbitrary. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I kind of thought like maybe there was a chance you would go. We are the world's way because uh, what it does have is it has Sting and it has Bono at their most Sting and their most Bono. That's true. I mean, again, it really is just like one is demonstrably shorter. <laughs> that, and, and, and as a result... Is just a little bit better, you know? And in general, like, if we're just truly... If I was going by artists, I would give it to We Are The World. But if I'm just listening to the two songs back-to-back, I, I, f- I find Do They Know It's Christmas just as a as a tune, ignoring the, the problematic mm-hmm. elements of it. Just as a song, it is nowhere near as insufferable. It's almost enjoyable in places. And I can't really say that about... We are, we are the world. Like people go, like, oh man, Bruce Springsteen. And I'm like, yeah, you. We are the world. That's like he sounds like Stallone on the track. <laughs> like that's that's the best you get. Yikes! It's, it's true. We got a better day. It's you and me. Like I, it's nice. You hear Ray Charles's voice, and you're like, man, there's Ray Charles. By the way, they wanted to, they were going to try and put some African language in at one point at like three o'clock in the morning. Michael Jackson was like, let's get some Swahili lyrics in here. It was Stevie. And Ray Charles was like, no, <laughs> no. What, I, my name, my name is Ray Charles. And no, that will not I, be happening. What, this the, the version I read was that it was Stevie Wonder whose idea. Oh, and okay. um, Waylon Jennings was just like infuriated by the thought of having to sing Swahili. So he stomped out and he's not in the, uh, He's not in the. He's not in the video. He's not in the, on the song, and eventually someone killed the idea by pointing out that they don't speak Swahili in Ethiopia. That's correct. So that is correct. It's one of those stories that where everyone looks like a real ass. That's what's gonna listen. You're gonna have that many famous people. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing that you're gonna find out is that famous people are just like us. They're morons. <laughs> I just, it's really weird. I feel like we know that now, but maybe in the 1980s, we still lived under this delusion that these famous people were famous because they were somehow better than us. We know that's not true now, but at the time, I think people really genuinely had this sort of thing, just like in the way some people were like, there's an idea of genetic superiority. There's there's this idea of like, if you're famous enough, that must mean that you're better. No. I, I will put up a mild defense of do they know it's Christmas from a lot of the uh, the shit it gets. That said, it's there's a lot that's very weird about it. It's clearly written by by someone who does not know a whole lot about the situation they're talking about, which is the Ethiopian famine of 1984. It, there won't be snow in Africa. Well, I guess not in the specific part you're talking about. Like it's it's weird that they use Africa to mean 
this specific region of Africa, but I think people at the time would have known. And if people assumed they were talking about the entire continent of Africa, that's not on Band-Aid's fault. That's not Band-Aid's fault. That's everyone else being stupid. But the part about it was like, and nothing ever grows. That's the point where I'm like, okay, like the famine isn't permanent. Do you, do you realize that? And things grow in Africa normally. Yeah, there's uh, Africa. Yeah. Home of the tree. <laughs> or even in like the Ethiopian desert, they haven't been starving forever. They haven't. And honestly, there's a, there's a pretty strong case against both of these songs and Live Aid in that they really didn't know what they were talking about because like this was a, a man-made famine. And they were like just kind of accepting the the brutal Ethiopian dictator's line at the time. It's like, oh, we're suffering a natural disaster when it really wasn't that at all. It was the Ethiopian civil war that was causing all this. And, you know, Live Aid and they all tried to, they got, they fed a lot of people. Let me, let me be clear. They did feed a lot of people, but they were also a new organization. They didn't really have like the, uh, you know, the structure. They tried to get the money to the right people, but not all of it did. Some of it kind nope. of wound up in the hands of the, of the dictators. Warlord. Yes, that's that's correct. So, that's the thing like, that happened. There is like very strong case against these things, against this charity. I feel like on the whole, it was better that they did it than they didn't. I think it is a good thing. All I know is that Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie in a room, and there was a snake. Lionel Richie found the snake, and Michael Jackson was like. There's the snake. And like, and Lionel Richie was like, what? <laughs> it's like that idea of the story. Anyway, I don't know why I said that one there, but here we are. I don't, I'm trying to, th- there's just like, there's so, these songs are so big and weird and have, and made a ton of money for better or worse. Well, I think the fact that we, st- like, obviously we still hear, do they know it's Christmas every Christmas because it's a very good, world. very good Christmas song. There's no other song like it. There's no song about charity, about giving. It's usually about getting or about what you're not having. This is the only one that's really about, uh, you know, giving back. So regardless of the many things wrong with this song, I feel like that's why it's stuck around. Versus We Are the World just does not really have any utility outside of that specific moment in time. No, that's why when they made the Haiti one. I mean, the Haiti one also was just even more messy. (laughs) A lot of people you don't know. Having Justin Bieber start the track. (laughs) 2010 Justin like I think what he's like the, I think he's got the the star power now that he could open this track but not in 2010 no no he's just he was a still he was just kid. a wee baby a wee baby child and that was yeah. very strange the whole anyway that 2010 I think Miley Cyrus was there yeah also the one the one good thing I can say about it the presence of Miley yeah, Cyrus she, even though she was 2010 Miley Cyrus a very different <laughs> Miley Cyrus the 2020 still, Miley Cyrus still barely out of her wig Miley Cyrus in 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just what, what's what's that Britney, Britney Spears song? Not a girl, not, not yet, yet a, a woman. woman. Yes. Yeah, Miley Cyrus was not Hannah Montana. Not yet, actually, Miley Cyrus yet. One other thing that I think is a fair point about "Do They Know It's Christmas" is that it's a very "They Need Help" kind of song, and a lot of people in the comments were objecting to that. It's like you know, them, they, the the others, the you know, versus, and one of them tried to make the case to me that. Versus We Are the World is a we. It's an inclusive song. And my argument to that is that is not an inclusive we. The we and We Are the World are the people in that room. Maybe it's because it's 2020 and, and I've been beaten and battered as as it has have all mm-hmm. um, by true evil in the world that when I look at something like this, I'm like, that's the complaint. 
they versus we. I mean, I guess in 2019, but here we are in in 2020. I just can't get it up for that kind of outrage. I'm yeah. so I apologize. You're allowed. I'm not telling you you're wrong, but boy, it just I can't look at it at this moment in time and go, I really give a shit yeah. about that. Let, let me let me put it like this: Do they know it's Christmas? Feels like a very clueless, bleeding heart kind of thing. Like they care very much, even though they haven't really bothered to educate themselves. We are the world. Just straight does not give a fuck about what I. Is actually going on in Africa. It is about the people in that room. It is. I mean, I, I think leave Harry your Belafonte ego at the door. I think is a, a lie. Like it is all ego. Like because there's I, a, there's I, no I, reference to anything going on. It's all very vague. It's all very. I, I guess they were trying to go for universal, but well, what you, it's, well, yeah, you can lay that on Lionel Richie and, and I will uh, and Michael fuck Jackson. him. Sorry. Get him. That that's probably wow. that's probably over the line. Excuse me. Yeah. How dare you. Um, although, anyway, yeah, I don't think Harry Belafonte was necessarily about ego for him. Don't you come from my Harry Belafonte this way? Well, it it may have been his idea, but it wasn't his execution. No, it was just an idea that he had, and then at the, the start of a weekend, and then at the end of the weekend, he called the guy back, he told it to, and he was like, hey, give me a thought to that? And the guy was like, oh yeah, Michael Jackson's TV Wonder and Lionel Richie are doing it. <laughs> anyway, catch you later. Although, can I you was... imagine? Can you imagine if you had an idea where you were like, you know... There's this thing happening. Like, just imagine, just imagine, if you will, that the world was going through some kind of terrible pandemic Mm -hmm. and you were like, we should raise some money. You just said it as a thought to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great. That's a great idea. And then you came back to me 48 hours later and you were like, man, I'm still thinking about that idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got like Markiplier and uh, (laughs) I don't know, like who are the big YouTubers? I got them all. H-Bomber guy and Lindsay Ellis. Oh, no. <laughs> we played Among guys. Us with AOC. But <laughs> yeah, like I don't it would imagine. Just imagine that you had that idea. Yeah, I get actually weirdly Harry's um Donkey Kong stream is kind of like a, a modern day equivalent. But it's like raising money for for mermaids in the UK to support trans kids in case they decided to divert some of the funds that normally went there because some idiot with the with the computer sitcom uh, said a set of mean like a dork. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it is kind of like that, right? Like, imagine you're that guy, and you're like, "Oh, I've got this stupid idea," and then AOC shows up, and like <laughs> yeah. you've and you've raised all this this nutty amount of money um, towards it. Anyway, yeah, that's I can't fathom that. That must have been very cool for Harry Belafonte. Yeah, is what well, I'm saying. Well, let me say, even this. though he's a celebrity, it still probably was very cool. Yeah. Let me say this about We Are the World. Like, I've always disliked it for the same reason that you do. It's a crappy song. It's a crappy um, adult contemporary song uh, from a gloopy mid-80s kind of way. But I do kind of appreciate it just as a time capsule of a really weird moment in time. And just seeing all those people together, like... It does give me kind of the like the chills to see all of them, you know, see Tina Turner and Billy Joel duetting and like Dionne Warwick and Willie Nelson, Kenny Rogers, Huey Lewis. It's like, wow, it's just on star power alone. I do feel something watching it. I I tune out by the time they stop doing the solos and it's just the big chorus. But like, yeah, I mean, yes, I I agree. That's why I said that the only thing you can really recommend we are the world is just the talent that's it 
Who does like the- you, Yeah, like when when Kenny Rogers, like Kenny Rogers of all people, I didn't think that when I was going to rewatch this for the first time in decades, mm-hmm. that my takeaway was going to be like, man, I don't give Kenny Rogers enough credit. <laughs> Holy shit! Great. Who does the best performance? Do you think on that <sighs> on We Are the World? That's really hard to say. Um, there are certain certain people that kind of like have an unfair advantage because, like I said, We Are the World is just a battle of the who's got the more, most iconic sound they make when they sing. Right. When you watch the music video, you hear Ray Charles's voice before you see him, mm-hmm. and you know the fuck who that is. I don't know if his performance is the best, but, you know, just like when we when we talked about, and I got in trouble because I said that Billy Joel isn't that good a singer, because <laughs> if, you, if you hear him next to Ray Charles in, in Baby Grand, you're like, holy fucking shit. Ray Charles is one of the greatest singers of all time, and Billy Joel, by comparison, is just fine. Um, by the way, Baby Grand came into existence because of We Are the World. Oh wow! Yeah, that's I, how the, that's I'm how right, the yeah, two how met. Starstruck, he was meeting Ray Charles finally for the first time. Yeah, but they formed a, a bond as a result of that. So there were like good things that came out of We Are the World. It's just so fucking long, man. I don't know who's the best singer. Who's the best? Who gives the best performance? You said it was Cyndi Lauper. Do you stand by that? You know what? This is going to be like kind of a weird left left field pick he cindy lopper is certainly the most memorable and she certainly throws herself into it i think i would go with steve perry just because i i feel like he's the only one who's a really giving it but also b fits the vibe of the uh of the song like this is a a song steve perry was meant to sing and he just sings it so much like c perry he's the one who sounds most like himself i guess he does. It's the it's the 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 note that he pitches off yeah. of at the very end that you're like, that's a journey thing that you've done. You yeah. journeyed it. You took us on a journey. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be Dan Aykroyd, right? He's the piece. The why is Dan Aykroyd there? Amazing, truly astonishing that he's there. You see him and you're like, the the Ray the Ray stance, the Ghostbuster. <laughs> that's there. He is. You busted. Are there ghosts there? Oh no! Is Slimer gonna sing? Actually, one more person I'd like to single out is uh, Paul Simon at the beginning. Oh yeah, Paul, gen- Simon, Paul Simon's great. Is I think he he fits like the, the the gentle opening verses. It's just when it gets to the big chorus that's when I I have have difficulty. The big the big choir and everything, and then I was like, I would like this to stop. Yeah, it's interesting watching. Stevie Wonder and Bruce Springsteen go back and forth. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd call it good, but you're like, wow, this is happening. We Are the World is just one wow, this is happening after another. It It is, I think it just takes a little while. Like, I remember when it came out, also being pretty dumbfounded, I was very young, mm-hmm. you know. But I remember, like, being aware of it and thinking, like, wow, look at all these people singing together. These people are, like, very famous all for, for, for their very own specific thing. And now here they are together, sing a song. It's almost like that was the purpose of the song, now that I think about it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yes, until you think about the song itself, it's great. Everything except for the song is great. The people <laughs> that are there, great. The crazy stories that came out of it, great. Yeah, the and- song sucks. It's terrible. It's just boring. <laughs> No, and like, do they know that it's Christmas doesn't really have the same star power? Because I don't give a fuck about Paul Young or Bananarama. And like, there is like a tiny bit of charge seeing like young mulleted Bono and Sting right next to each other singing, but it's not really the same thing. But it, they fit the song and the song works. 
and uh, yeah. 80 synth pop from Britain is better than 80s adult contemporary from the from the United States is pretty yeah. much long and short of it. That's it. The best performer on Do They Know It's Christmas is in fact Phil Collins because he looks so happy playing those drums. Yeah, he loves playing drums. He's uh, like, no, there are Why stories of him. Why don't you just let like, Phil Collins play drums? This, there are stories of him like after everyone would sing their line, he's like, okay, now I get to play the drums again. And it's like, he sounds like a kid. He's like, yay, drumming. I love you, Phil Collins. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I love that song from Tarzan. So I think, I think we both agreed that do they know it's Christmas is. Yeah. One Sometimes has Phil we Collins agree. and one doesn't. Sometimes you and I agree. Okay. Not about the Phil Collins thing, but this thing very much. So three questions. We asked three questions to sort of, you know, just to kind of firm things up for people. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, just in case there's something we haven't considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, these three questions, uh, very serious, serious questions designed to just help us understand what it is that we're really talking about here. Mm-hmm. Question number one. One of these songs must, must, must remain in the memory of humankind. And the other will be lost forever. It's getting chucked in the bin. Only one song can stay. What is the one that has to stay that if that doesn't exist, the world is worse? You know, obviously, do they know it's Christmas has the longer legacy and it's the more important one. And like that would leave a big hole in the universe. I'm not sure it's a good thing, though, that it exists. Well, I'm sure many people are alive because they raise so much for charity. So I guess like on that regard you would want it to exist because without it, We Are the World doesn't exist and Live Aid doesn't exist. But also, all this awful music wouldn't exist. That's right. Including Once the... again, there is an angel and a devil <laughs> upon your shoulder. So, obviously, Do They Know It's Christmas is the one that would have to exist, you know, to feed the world as much as that did, which, you know, it's charity is not a long-term solution or anything. I have heard so many bad versions of Do They Know It's Christmas, and it bothers me that they keep remaking it. This doesn't make any sense outside of 1984. This was a moment in time. Stop yes, remaking there's it. Yes, there, there's a Glee cast version of it, and that's how uh, you know. Boy, I... Anything that Glee has done instantly becomes worse. God, it's truly one of the worst things that has ever existed in the world. Band-Aid 2, they released like five years later. That one's like a stock Aiken Water- Waterman thing, so it sounds like a Rickroll. It's... <laughs> it's a lot. At, at the very least, it's a song you can remake, unlike We Are the World. So I, I get, okay, we, we, we've, we've answered that one. Let's move on. Moving on. All right, question number two. You could be a fly on the wall. You could, you could see from beginning to end the entire story, not just hear about it in an article, but you could be there. You could even be in the chorus of one of these two songs, but only one. Which is the one that you're 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 singing about the the the, chim- the chiming chimes of doom? What, who who are you chiming your dooms to? As much as I would like to see young, less sure Bono being nervous and awkward and being afraid to say it's like, hey, I don't know about this line. It would have to be "We Are the World." Like, and this is like one of the the best matchups we've ever had for this particular question because we've y- yeah, talked about yeah for sure. We've talked about it, like we've talked about the drama a lot more than we've talked about the music, which is terrible. We, I'd have to see We Are the World. I have to see it. I feel bad that I haven't seen it, that I was not there for it. It sounds absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think so. There's, a, I agree. Apparently, like Michael Jackson got overwhelmed and like went to hide in the bathroom, and Mick Fleetwood showed up and like surprised him. <laughs> 
I just want to be there for that. That's it. I don't even need the rest of it. I just want to to be in that bathroom when Mick Fleetwood shows up and Michael Jackson's like, ah! <laughs> Which I presume is what happened. I just, that sounds amazing. Just that alone. I just want to see that. I want to be there with my phone in the bathroom and get like a little tape of it and then put it on YouTube so that the world can Put it on TikTok. Man, where's TikTok? I wish you existed in 1985 so that we could have caught that moment on a Tic Tac and put it on Tic Tac. Yes. So, no, so, all right, question number three. The most important question, the question of questions, and this is going to require, I think, a little extra work on both our parts. It is. Uh, William Shatner, the man, the myth, the legend. Is a, he's a captain of a starship. His, mm-hmm. uh, he was he was a he was a police officer that used to like jump off of hoods of cars and such. Mm-hmm. He uh, likes to ride a horse, and sometimes he sings. William Shatner's going to do a version of one of these songs, Todd, and only one. Which of these two songs must be shot upon. This is a rough one. Like, I don't know how to d- answer this because this does not, this cannot be performed by a Shatner. It would have to be performed by many Shatners. Well, here's, what, doing here's my take. I feel that this is the chance for Shatner to form a supergroup. Of Shatners. Of other Shatner-like actors. <laughs> I think the entire crew of Star Trek would be an excellent choice, or at least a start. Yeah, you get a bunch. I mean, there's not, you know, a lot of the original cast is gone, which is a shame. If you, man, to go back in time and to be able to get the entire original uh, TOS cast. Yes. Do you imagine? In between. All right, let's say that. Let's, okay. Here's what's happened. Somehow, some way, we're, we're breaking the laws of space time here. William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Walter Koenig, uh, uh, Jimmy Dewan, DeForest Kelly, George Takei, and um, Nichelle Nichols. They've formed a Star Trek supergroup. They're going to sing one of these two songs. Which is the one? Which is the one they're doing? It's got to be We Are the World. It has to be. You know what's great about that is then you could also have like different actors that have um, if we're if we're breaking space time and you're allowed to do that because Star Trek breaks the time barrier all the time. You could get anybody. You get like famous actors. You get Christopher Lloyd shows up as a Klingon. <laughs> you know he was he was in Star Trek three. Remember he was yes. a Klingon in that one. Get Kirstie you know Alley, Christian Slater in there. Yeah, like there's just like a lot of famous people that have shown up in Star Trek. You just get all those fuckers. As different aliens and stuff, and then you, you definitely have a whole section where the where the the uh, the Ferengi from DS Nine just do a, a whole thing. <laughs> have them be the chorus. They, that's it. Oh or my like god! Like a Klingon chorus, maybe. I just like the idea of like the Ferengi in the background stealing all the gold press, like looking for money. <laughs> we are know? the world. <laughs> oh my god, Human. Oh man, how about this? I would a clothed could... female. <laughs> If you could substitute Shatner in for any person on any of the, uh, on either either song, which would it be? Oh, he's taking Bono's spot. <laughs> you know, I thought of that first, but I was like, no, he would not be as silly as Bono is on that one line. <laughs> I wow, would substitute, a bold statement. I would substitute him in for Dylan. Oh. <laughs> 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 which... They're very different vocalists, but the effect would be the same. Man. I feel like he would slot in very, very well. 
You could put him in the spot for Huey Lewis because Huey Lewis is like right next to Michael Jackson. I just kind of want to see like that that pairing together. I don't know. Anyway, I stand. No, it's definitely Bono. I don't even know why, why we're debating this. You're incorrect, <laughs> and I am right about this. Um, take a drink. I guess I say that every now and again too. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. I feel like we're still. We've answered two of these with "We Are the World." So I don't know what that says, but um, let's 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 hear what the listeners have to say. Perhaps they will. All right. Make this easy and understandable. All right. Elise DeRay writes, I'd rather choose between a root canal and walking on Legos. This is a common sentiment in these things. I think they really hated it a lot more than we hated both these songs. And we were not super kind to um, these songs. Anyway, Tanner McGuire writes, both of these are hot garbage vanity projects. But We Are the World gets my vote solely because those Brits really had the gall to have Sting sing the line, The only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. Fuck that song and everyone involved in its creation. That's a stunningly good point. <laughs> I, can't refri- I can't refute that. Cannot. Yes. Thank you for your comment. All Thank right. you for your wisdom. <laughs> Muddleweight writes, Bland versus smug, the war is on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 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 be serious. They're both bland and smug. <laughs> oh, both, both. Yes. All right. Lanth writes, "It's times like these when I'm grateful that song versus song doesn't have a music license, so they can't play either during the actual show." You know, it almost makes me want to get in trouble. <laughs> no. You know, don't say that type of stuff because then we'll just play. We'll play the songs in their entirety. At the same, we'll play them both at the same time. Oh no, we're not gonna. Let me let me say this. Will we get in trouble if we played them both simultaneously? (laughs) I listened to both these songs extensively in preparation for this uh, this episode, and all I have to say about it is, tonight, thank God it was us instead of you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why that sounds better. Okay, anything else? What else have we got? Yeah. All right. Eli Gentle writes, We Are the World has the self-satisfied tone of white suburbanites who put change in kids' UNICEF boxes at Halloween, and that's the sum total of their charity. Do they know it's Christmas? Sounds like the kids of those white suburbanites then took one intro political science course and showed up on opening night night thinking they're going to rock everyone's world because they just realized that bad stuff happens in the world sometimes. I think that's pretty pretty accurate. What, what degree did you go? Where, where did you go to college, commenter? They just sound so smart. <laughs> this is not a podcast for being smart. Yes. Get out of here with this intellectual discourse. <laughs> yes. Dan Hogg writes, I've always regarded We Are the World as the cartoon all-stars to the rescue of pop music. Do you, do you get that reference? Which Is that a Hanna-Barbera or a Looney Tunes thing? It was one it, of those two, right? It was both. It was two. like everyone. It was like... Oh. Uh, it was like Garfield... And I always forget Ninja that that happened. I think because I think about like Laugh Olympics and stuff like that. No, no, it's this was about um, teaching you not to do drugs. Yeah, well, the we are yeah, the yeah, whatever that one is, that's we are the world. I think that do they know it's Christmas is Laugh Olympics. Yeah. All right, one last one. Kyle Boyd writes, I do think that we are the world is the quote better song, and it does have the added benefit of having zero bonos, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point of these songs isn't to be good songs. It's supposed to get people to donate their money to charity, 
by way of throwing a million celebrity Q scores at you. And by that metric, We Are the World wins by a mile by the sheer power of 1985 Michael Jackson alone. Like, yes, if they if it's to get money, then We Are the World wins. Because, holy God, they got Michael Jackson in 1985. Once again, there is a devil and an angel upon my shoulder. <laughs> and I listen to the devil every time. It's st- I mean, like, yes, that's true. But... Do they know it's Christmas is shorter. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for brevity to win. What are the results of the poll? All right. Well, what, what do you think won? And by how much? To me, um, like, the answer is obvious, but... I mean, I think it's going to be... Do they know it's Christmas? I think it'll be relatively tight. Um, but, yeah, I do think that for the most part, people have come around to my thinking that sometimes short is better. All right. If nothing else. For a total of... 301 to 244. A 55-45 split. The answer is, do they know it's Christmas? Let me say this also, by the way. Which is a much better showing for We Are the World than I would have expected. I, you know, again, I think a lot of people had the the line of thinking that was, which one has the the biggest stars, which one was the better for charity in that way. But if it's song versus song, not charity versus charity. (laughs) I think Uh, if you wanted to make the case that which one bothers you the most i think it's very much easier to get bothered by do they know it's christmas even though it is like the better song like the bad parts of it are just like kind of like grating like nails on a chalkboard once you notice them it's like yes they grow things in africa you fucking moron geld off yep it's three and a half minutes so and that's it brevity wins brevity wins yes all right that was our winner merry christmas hey donate some money to us we need there to. you go. This is we're, we're raising a charity here on Song versus Song. The charity is called My Pockets. No, <laughs> this is terrible. That's a terrible thing. You can if you listen. We do have a Patreon. I don't want to. Boy, yeah. I'm waiting. It's twice 2020, and I don't want to somehow manage to uh, make everybody hate me by the end of the year. Please don't uh, uh, think of me as saying. No, I'm this is not a charity. charity. We're, we're offering you a service. If you want to, you can give to us. We have bonus episodes. If you donate us a dollar. That's not a charity. If you want to donate to charity, there are actual charities. Yes, feel free to give to charity. Yeah. Um, but also feel free to give a dollar to get bonus episodes from us. It's only a buck. Next month, and I already warned you about this, because you well, were... Well, not th- this month. It's still this month. Oh, yes. This, this, this is At the end of this month, our second episode, we are going to be doing, uh, you know, at the end of every year, I, th- I wanted to make a tradition where I review just at least one song from this year. So this year, we're going to be doing Rockstar by DaBaby versus Rockstar by Post Malone. I already warned Dan about this so he'd have time to prepare, but I think we're gonna we're gonna have to grab a young for this one. We know a young. Yes, we know at least one young. And we'll put we'll grab someone here because uh this is not Danny's jam. No, it's I'm ready. Here's what I'll say about that. Yeah. I think that I'm just gonna spend a lot of time analyzing all of the different songs that have the word Rockstar in it to see if I can find any that aren't terrible. No, like, just be glad I didn't give you the Nickelback one. (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode. So long, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, boy. (laughs)